The world we live in, a world that has rejected God at every corner, is like many old pagan cultures. Feminine youth and beauty has become the cultural commodity that is valued above all else. This culture celebrates the woman that is unbound by God's law. It celebrates death and slavery. It celebrates its way to hell. In a post titled, I've been depressed and suicidal because of my mom's OnlyFans, we see the effects of the embrace of the modern day lady folly. We see the effects of the cultural discipleship of women to weaponize their feminine beauty as a commodity. The son of the OnlyFans mother writes, I'm 13 and my mom is 33. Things at school were never great. I'm sort of short, so I get picked on some, but it was manageable. That was until one of my classmates showed me a picture of my mom naked. I almost had a panic attack and had to be excused from the classroom. I ended up not showing up for school for a few days, faking sick. I was hoping that things would cool off, but they didn't. As soon as I got to school, almost everyone in my class was staring and laughing at me. This has been going on for about a week now. I was wondering how my classmates even got the pictures, and apparently my mom advertises her OnlyFans on her personal Twitter account. Some students from my school follow her, so they are able to see the nudes, and they have been spread everywhere. I don't even have a Twitter, so I didn't know about any of this. The worst part is when I confronted my mom about this, she told me I was overreacting and that sex work is basically the same as working at a bank or a grocery store. She also said it makes her feel good about herself and that I should be happy that she's more confident now. I told the principal, but they can't suspend thousands of students or take anyone's phones. I've been crying in my room every day for the past week. I don't think I can take it anymore. When asked if the boy had spoken with his mother, the 13-year-old boy responds, When I talked to her, she just dismissed everything I said and told me I'm just overreacting. She knows I'm getting bullied because of this. It doesn't seem like she cares. A Reddit user responds, Not to be insensitive, but odds are dad's not in the picture. I think the original poster would have mentioned him. The boy responds, I still talk to my dad and see him sometimes, but my mom makes it difficult. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you want your daughters to be like the mother in the cold open? Do you want your daughters to be loud, unsubmissive women that show anyone on the internet anything it takes to get clicks, likes, or a tip? Our daughters are being catechized to this wicked image. They are being discipled by the media and by cultural norms to sin in ways women have always been tempted to sin to sin with the grain of those sins common to women. New technology notwithstanding, none of what we're seeing from today's OnlyFans creators, Instagram influencers, or female musicians is anything other than commonplace. The same garden variety sins in different arrangements. The OnlyFans woman, like the mother in the opening story, is a modern lady folly. There are millions like her. Every one of our daughters is in danger of being discipled in her image. What will stand in the way? What will prevent our daughters from becoming a modern Lady Folly? Godly Fathers. Godly Fathers stand guard against the pornification of everything feminine and fight for the modest, chaste, and glorious beauty of godly femininity.
The modern-day witches Lady Folly and all her daughters are harbingers of a deadly curse on a people. She brings chaos to families and churches, luring men away from their responsibilities and duties, away from their principles and away from their children. The modern woman folly, enslaved to sin and death, spreads sin and death in the same way all men spread sin and death. She would teach our daughters that their greatest power is their unrestrained sexuality, to commodify even their own bodies in a digital whorehouse economy. Who will stop her? If fathers give way, no one will. When fathers give way, the daughters of the land will sin unrestrained. And when their sin is let loose, it feeds the sins of wicked and weak men. And so the cycle continues. The King's Hall podcast exists to make self-ruled men who rule well and win the world. Welcome to this episode of the King's Hall podcast. We are joined by a few special guests. I want to introduce a few unique guests to the show. Which unique? means they're, they're all thinking <laughs> new people now. New people. Uh, Brian, you're new to me every day. Eric, thank you for saying that because every day when I see you walk in the office, I think, how can I just bring a little spark of joy to your life? Yes. And yesterday you were working on an album. And so I got to hear the same song over and over again. <laughs> and I was like the child in G.K. Chesterton's little quip. Do it again, Brian. Do it again. Were I you really? That was so probably much. sarcastic because I was pretty sick of hearing that song. I, I actually did enjoy it. By the end. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dan. Uh, my, my favorite part about yesterday is when Brian, clearly perturbed by the <laughs> loud conversation Eric and I were having, stuck his head out of his door and said, could you guys go into a different room? I didn't say it quite in that tone, but actually maybe I did. You definitely I did. I still heard at the end it of was, the song, there is like this <laughs> guitar chord is strumming out and then it's like, it was an Eric Kahn and then it was actually a Ben Garrett in this one. I could identify. But you know what? It added a vibe. Yeah. Added, the listeners will appreciate it. No, they won't. We are all about the <laughs> vibe. Speaking of the vibe, Dan Burkholder. Welcome to this episode of the King's Hall Don't Be an OnlyFans Woman podcast. Thank you. I don't plan on it myself. Yes. So, don't can do I just it. say, yeah. Show me your body, Dan. Your body, Dan. Show me. Good call. Yeah. Well, you know, for lots of reasons, all of us should this, not. This episode is fraught with danger it in is. our in our joking. Let's let's so, be honest. Ray, I'm just going to let sleeping dogs lie. Ray, if you need to edit something out, I'm giving you a permission right now. You don't even have to ask. You don't just even protect have. Dan's reputation in particular because we yes. all know where who's going to cross the line if someone's going to. It's definitely it's going to be Daniel the Daniel Burkhold. But now that you say not that, not Eric Khan. What Ray will do no is cut that out and make a make little a techno clip out of it. Technical, yeah, right. Yeah. So, gentlemen, we're we're jumping into this issue. Um, and we're going to be talking about sort of the scope of this issue, Dan. So I wonder if you would kind of lay that out for us. Yeah. So some of the things that we're going to be talking about, we're just addressing some questions like what do we need to do to prevent our daughters from becoming like this OnlyFans mother? Brian and I were having a conversation a little while ago, by the way. I, I was watching that infamous clip from Chase, uh, Sol, is it Solbra, Twitter guy? 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, from the whatever podcast. From the whatever yeah. podcast, which I've yeah. never watched, but I've seen the clip you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so there's a ton. They have like tons of OnlyFans creators on the podcast. Gross. And yeah, it's it's gross. I would not recommend watching it, by the way. But Chase seems like okay. Anyway, and one of the questions I had were like these these OnlyFans models or creators, whatever you call them. Did all of them just have no dad? Right? Mm-hmm. Is is was that the thing? Did they just have no dad? And I remember Brian telling me, he's like, no, they, that's probably not the case. They probably just had weak fathers and they just lost their daughters. And so, and they forgot the face of their father. So what do we need to do as, as fathers to prevent our daughters from becoming like the OnlyFans mother in a world that tells our daughters that OnlyFans is freedom and empowerment, how do we protect love and provide for our daughters? How do we save our daughters from Lady Folly and train her to emulate Lady Wisdom? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So how far reaching is this problem? Because maybe, yeah. you know, just not being an OnlyFans user, praise God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, not really understanding the scope of this issue. Like, yeah. how big of a problem is this? And so I looked up some data. OnlyFans has 320 million monthly visits. 320 wow. million monthly visits. What is the population of the U.S.? Like 330 million, 340 yeah. million? So OnlyFans gets around 3.8 billion visits per year. If we got that many downloads, by the way, Joe Rogan, like, get out of here. Joe Rogan, no one would even know his name. No. Nope. <laughs> it would only be the King's Hall. So OnlyFans is the 104th most popular website in the world. That's crazy. It's the 52nd most popular website in the United States. And the average OnlyFans uh, user, subscriber, content consumer... 89.5% likely to be married. Oh, my word. And the average age is 29 years old. That stat blows my mind. Yeah. 90% basically likely to be a married person. Yes. So this is a – and obviously we're just using OnlyFans as like a, a – I guess putting a pin or giving a name to it. But you could put any pornographic. Right. Also, well, yeah, and this I mean, is just uh, – <laughs> I think the the point that's also staggering is that this is just one just website. One. Yeah, just this, one website. This is the Uber of pornography, but yeah. you know, there's a lot more. It's also interesting the CEO of OnlyFans is I'm going to say this wrong. I'm Rapali Gan. It's a woman. Oh, yeah, 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 the the Indian India Indian lady, right? Yeah, but it's it's also interesting because when you look at the uh who owns like Pornhub OnlyFans, the actual ownership, yeah, Jewish. I knew it. I was like, <laughs> the only thing I talk about is the Jews. Here comes. I'm just saying what is that? True. Just an observation, or do you have a point you'd like to make with that, Eric? Um, you know, I'm all in the observation business. You know, the thing is, like, if we were going to be canceled, this is going to be the episode. I'm just going to be honest. So, if you have something you'd like to say, oh, it's just an observation. Yeah, it's an observation. But I also think it's interesting, Dan, as we're talking about this uh, conversation because. So often what happens is, in the church especially, we hit men, and rightly so, for porn use, but you rarely, if ever, and we'll get into this more, you rarely, if ever, hear what we're going to be talking about, which is more of the female side. Yeah. Like, stop exploiting. Um, also interesting, so just to verify my claims here, OnlyFans, owned by Leonid Radvinsky, a Ukrainian Jew. <clears throat> and I do think the point that like we joke about this all the time 
But it is it is always interesting to see where the vectors of attack on the Christian West and on the the great storehouse of treasure yeah. that Christian culture in in the in Christendom 1.0 laid up. And one of the strong vectors of attack that you will see is always going to be from any flavor of paganism. And one of those for for sure is going to be on atheistic or Talmudic Christ rejecting Judaism. So we joke about it, but that's that's absolutely a valid point. What worldview are you seeing expressed in pornographic in the porn industry? One of them for sure is going to be Christ rejecting Jewish culture. And, and even like I think of I don't I don't know the relationship, but recently it's been in the news that you've had like Prager defending pornography recently. Yeah, some, really. Some, yeah, some of the reasons that this came Kenneth up. Prager is Jewish. It, I didn't actually know that. I didn't know that either. But, you see that uh, this has come up as a vector of attack on let's take the next step in eroding Christian morality. Even though we're no longer a Christian people in many ways, the morality, the bulwark of morality lasts longer than the faith itself. And so what's the next step they're going to take? Well, they're going to 100% continue to attempt to normalize and to even valorize porn use, porn creation, sex work is normal work. I mean, if you think it's bad today— Without repentance and faith, what is it going to look like in 10 years? I think that's why this episode is so timely and, and so important for us to Right, do. the trajectory is bad. When yeah, I, I think the other direction. thing, when you look at, it goes back to things like the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Pornography was a widespread tactic of that regime to destabilize Christian culture. Yeah. Um, so it is important to ask questions. We, we were doing a similar thing yesterday looking at Ancestry.com, this company where it used to be a Mormon company. Most people think it is. It's not. Nope. Uh, but you're selling, you're, you're paying them to run your DNA data, yep. which they keep in a in a database. I think it was 2020, like $4.7 billion, uh, Ancestry.com was purchased by none other than Blackstone. The BlackRock? Blackstone. Is it Blackstone? Okay. The equity, largest equity that. firm in the world. That's BlackRock. I thought it was BlackRock. Uh, I'll check on that. It's definitely BlackRock. So one of the wise things we have to do as Christians, though, is we have to look at this and we have to say, okay, what, who owns these companies and what is the play? So largest equity firm in the world. You, you would probably want to know why do they, as of 2020, want your DNA information, hmm. right? And, and same thing now with OnlyFans as we draw it back to that is these people have a real reason why they're doing this. Yeah, there, there, are, there are many vectors of attack. And, and a lot of them are ground up. A lot of them are individuals just sinning. But there's also large institutional interest and state interest in from nefarious actors who are doing everything they can to bring about an alternate vision of kingdom and mm. life and human flourishing and society and what a family should look like. And so one of the things that we need to do is to be clear-headed as we look at these things and make sure that we're naming them describing the dangers, and actually understanding the temptations that come with them. Because what we're talking about today is, like we've been saying over and over, this is a temptation, not just for our sons. The men get attacked for pornography over and over and over and over. And, And as they should, men need to repent of pornography use. But our daughters are going to face a particularly pointed temptation to give in to these schemes of all of these various actors and sell themselves not just into digital whoredom, but ultimately to hell, because we know that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
First Corinthians 6. Yeah, it's a great point, Brian. Uh, a fundamental question we might ask in all of this, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but it, I think it's worth highlighting sexuality. Why are they choosing this issue? Sexuality, and particularly women's sexuality, mm-hmm. is potent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think, Dan, something you said in the cold open, we'll probably expand on this later, but the idea that our culture is trying to make female sexuality the most valuable commodity mm. in the world, when what the, the, the proper order actually should be in a society, and humanly speaking, God is the ultimate value above all values. But in the, in the order of creation, masculinity, godly masculinity, is the most single most important data point single most important commodity in a culture. And I think I can demonstrate that with just one statistic I heard the other day. We've talked about it. But when you look at single parent households Mm. and the criminality rates of children, and I didn't look up this study, but I heard it from somebody that I trust was telling the truth. So maybe we'll look that up and try to put a link in the description. But the primary source, I mean. It's interesting to note that when you have a single parent household, a single mother household, the criminality rate, the likelihood of the children ending up in prison, essentially, is something like some astronomical number higher, five or ten times more likely. If you have a married couple, those children are ten times less likely, or whatever the number was, likely to end up in prison. The interesting part of the statistic that this speaker shared was that when you have a single father household, they have the exact same statistics in this data point as the married couple. Interesting. So the child of a single father household is no more likely to end up in prison than a child of a married couple. Now, of course, we're not saying... That's the bar. Let's be honest. That's the bar. We're not saying that you should aim for single father households. But what we're saying is that I think what it demonstrates is that God made a world where when you lose male headship properly administered, the culture absolutely implodes. So so humanly speaking... it's an inversion of value. Yes. Humanly speaking... Uh, godly masculinity operating in culture, I would argue, is the single most important factor in determining the future of that culture. So our, our culture is trying to, you know, essentially tell our young women that they're gods, that they don't sin, that everybody should worship them, that they should become objects of worship, sell their bodies to be worshipped like temple prostitutes, but somehow this is empowering. So as fathers, we have to understand these vectors of attack, get ahead of them, and counter-disciple, lest our daughters become made in the image of Lady Folly. Yeah, so so in, in order to correct this inversion and to build a new Christendom, we need uh, fathers mm-hmm. who will raise our daughters to not only reject this kind of feminine sin, yeah. the, the OnlyFans feminine sin, to weaponize their feminine beauty, but to actually hate that with their whole souls. Yes. We need to raise daughters who hate Lady Folly, but also love the glory of godly womanhood who exude feminine glory in the image of Lady Wisdom. Mm. And so what we're going to be doing in this next section is we're going to be looking at Proverbs 7 and describing Lady Folly. Because, I mean, this is Wisdom for Kings, right? Uh, The book of Proverbs. And so we have uh, a playbook here uh, that that was written by the wisest guy outside of Christ that's ever lived. And he said, hey, this is what Lady Folly looks like. So keep, keep the OnlyFans lady in your mind. As I read Proverbs 7, it says, My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. 
Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and have found you. You like my lady voice? It was so good, Dan. I have spread my couch with coverings, <laughs> colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh. Uh, this is making me uncomfortable at this point. Aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, shot by Eric Kahn. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O oh sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Sounds like a bad lady. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. May he write it on our hearts by faith. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Thanks be to God. That's right. I so, played the part of the kid who answers late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Every week at our church. I hear you, little guy. Yeah, good job. Yes, good yes. job, guy. So to summarize that that long reading, uh, we have this lady folly who is an adulteress. She uses smooth words. Yeah. I don't know if you heard my lady voice, but they she, were smooth. She's a clanging seductive. thing. I think we can all agree. <laughs> she is convincing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the point, right? Men lacking sense wander her streets, and she is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. She lies in wait, and she seizes men and kisses them and bold-facedly tells them they are innocent. I have offered my sacrifices today, mm. is what she says. It's interesting, too, the predatory language. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Well, yeah, and, and then like like a stag caught in a snare or an ox being led to the slaughter. It it's is almost, very predatory. Yeah. It's almost like... Guys, I don't know if you get this feeling reading that passage, but it's almost like women's sin. Nope, nope, nope. This is exactly no, the I passage when I wrote the second verse of Such Clever Follies about woman folly, that she's barren as winter, that she's, you know, the in the verse I write, oh, woman folly clinging loud, a clinging thing, barren as winter, bitter as wormwood gall. Where are your children? Whence this blood? Apollyon, which means destroyer. And it's like, here she is. She lures them in. 
but she's a destroyer. Everywhere she goes, there's blood. The blood of the, her victims and, in our modern day, the blood of her children mm. through abortion. She's, she's, uh, she is evil, but sadly, she's also everywhere. And per- persuasive. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, this simple man doesn't know it'll cost him his life. And all her slain are a mighty throng, uh, clearly by OnlyFans statistics. Ninety percent of ma- of people using it are married men. Yes. Was that the stat? Ninety. Eighty nine point five. Eighty nine point five. Or are married. Were married. And I'm assuming probably ninety nine percent of those are probably men. Yeah, I, mean, I actually didn't see that statistic. I don't know. I would but... assume that that's the case. Uh, it also says her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a summary of of the Proverbs 7, Lady Folly. So what I, what I want to do is kind of compare Lady Folly uh, to this modern OnlyFans woman and the world that created them. And so why is it right to say that the OnlyFans woman is just a modern iteration of Lady Folly? I mainly see this, like, if you're on Instagram, you get all these spam messages mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously get deleted. But all the, all the language in them is like, Hey, sweetheart, I'd love to talk. Do you have questions? Yeah. Like, it's very um, appealing to what should be the feminine beauty of, like, a wife saying yeah. to her husband, Hey, lover, how was your day? Tell me about it. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. Smiling, godly it, femininity. But it's always covered with this seductive speech. I think mm-hmm. that is, you know, point number one. Yeah. And, and you're looking for women with, we would even say, like, you know, be on guard against women who are overly flirtatious. Absolutely. Um, that would be a, a very simple, you know, how are they the same? Yeah, you, you have to recognize that this woman understands the power of words as much as the power of images. She understands that the, the what's on the hook is herself. She's putting herself on the hook of death. Mm. And it's everything that she is. It's her words. It's her looks. It's her. It's not just the sex part. And that, to me, is yet another overlap here where the we, all of us who are on the Internet, you, you have these pop-ups, you have these Twitter followers who will show up, and they're just they're basically porn accounts who are trying to lure men in. And they always have this front door of words, smooth words, re, you know, imitating this ersatz respect for masculinity. They don't respect masculinity. They hate godly masculinity. They're, they're manipulating men. They're, they don't respect men. But it's the exact same play. It's the exact same play over and over and over. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I hope this isn't too long of a tangent, but you have the this modern day lady folly, this OnlyFans lady, and you said she put herself on the hook, right, as attractive bait to death. Mm -hmm. The thing that's that's probably it's probably exasperating the issue with ninety percent of the users being married. Is that with the unwillingness of many wives to actually have sex with their own husbands? And so married women are sinning Mm -hmm. by not being available. And then there's bait, women that are more than willing to be available for a married man. Mm -hmm. And so these sins in the home and then outside of the home are actually complementing one another. Not to say that, well, the you know, the guy's like justified, obviously, if his wife is right. rejecting him. He still has responsibility. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But those are complementary sins. Yeah. The sins They're of, feeding one another. The sin and you, you said this in the cold open. The sins of men and women, they cycle together. Yeah. 
it feeds and downward. more of the same. Yeah. When you when you have a wife who uh, you know, let's say you have a Christian woman married to a man, and she doesn't obey Paul, see you know, wives see that you respect your husbands. Here's a ditch that your wheels are going to get sucked into, which is to not respect your husband. You need to see that you do, which is like get outside of yourself, look at your own life and say, am I respecting my husband? Am I, am I loving my husband? Am I available to him? Am I smiling at him? And is, does he feel welcome and warmth from me? You know, all the stuff we talk about on Bright Hearth all the time that leads to funny comments in the reviews. Like, are you, are you that kind of wife or are you cold? Are you naggy? Are you bitter? Are you the other woman in Proverbs that's <laughs> tearing her own household around her? Mm. And if you are, then your husband has absolute responsibility not to sin, but you are making it easier. Absolutely. Just yeah, like a, yeah. a husband who's harsh with his wife is, of course, making it easier for her to disrespect him. Well, it's interesting, too, Brian, when you say that the the we're reading Proverbs 7, but the close connection with the language she's using and Song of Solomon. Yeah. So she's trying yeah. to portray herself as, like— a godly wife, yeah. like I've laid the linens, I've perfumed the bed, which sacrifices. In the, con- in the context of marriage, like she should actually be speaking in a similar fashion, making her husband enticed to come mm-hmm. to the marriage bed. Yeah, but this is, of course, in- a perversion. Gentlemen, I think we all agree that there are few foods in the world as nutritious and delicious as some good eggs. You know, Brian, that's right. That's why I slunk at least eighteen raw eggs a day. But with egg prices so high, one way to get great eggs at a good price is to invest in raising your own chickens. That's very true, Eric. Check out Ideal Poultry at idealpoultry.com if you want to place an order for some backyard chickens, ducks, or any other poultry, like pheasants or chuckers. I mean, come on, turkeys. They breed the best birds in the U.S. and are a lovely Christian family-owned and operated business. That's right. Visit Ideal Poultry at idealpoultry.com for all your backyard poultry needs. There's another element, too, that I think dovetails with what we just talked about. Dan, you wrote, the louder she is, the more attention she gains. There's a sense in which, so let's let's think, godly women love and overtly respect their husbands, smile at their husbands, all of that. But also, godly women are chaste. They're self-controlled. There are certain things that are not going to cross the boundary of their household. Like, for example, a godly woman wouldn't be overtly talking about sex and sexuality in front of like other people out there in the world. That's, that would be inappropriate for her to do. But this woman, she will take what ought to be contained in the, the marriage bed. She's on the street She'll corner. take it out on the street. So she'll cross the boundary of righteousness, mm. and she'll, she'll weaponize the tools— Sin always does. This sin just corrupts a good thing. It's it's parasitic. It's corruptive. So she does that. She takes it out into the public square. And so men have to be on guard in the public square against and not not be like, well, my, you know, this woman talks like this online. Why isn't my wife doing it? Well, she right. shouldn't. There are things she actually shouldn't do. Well, I think it's really important. The work that you're doing with music is very important to to our world because one of the main ways, and I, I'm getting ahead of us a little bit, but I think one of the main ways that this the the what should be the sacred marriage bed is being like blasted to the culture is yep. through music. Absolutely. I mean, just through absolutely disgusting music. Yeah. I mean, we've been out in front of Planned Parenthood uh, and and had that you know some of the blasted. most disgusting songs just being blasted from cars is like protest against us. Yeah. Well, even you know? the, even what constitutes pop music, right? You can think of Cardi B and the WAP, all that Ugh. stuff. But it's it's really I was referencing that without 
Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> here I am. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting. I noticed this even, you know, 10 years ago when I was on, like, Spotify. You could go to, like, you know, recent hits, and, of course, I've turned the—you can turn the explicit filter on. Oh, okay. That's well, nice. back in the day, you know, there'd be two or three songs on a playlist of, like, 30 that were like, okay, yeah, obviously not going to listen to. But now you'll notice almost every popular song is explicit, and it's usually in a sexual yeah. fashion. Yeah, not just explicit, but— Explicit and explicitly sexual. Yes. It's got the, the bad words and completely unrighteous. Right. Just absolutely. Just, I mean, to it's the a, point, It's a race to the bottom at this point. I, I didn't actually, because obviously I don't listen to like Cardi B, right? Never. And so you start hearing like in pop culture this, like all oh, this song so vulgar, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, surely. And and when I first heard somehow, I can't remember how it was, that. A, a snippet of the actual lyrics from that song, I was like legitimately shocked that this is acceptable culture. Because even in the world we grew up in, the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, this was not normal. Even then, you typically the acceleration to, is crazy. You typically had to at least cover it in like innuendo. Yeah. yeah. There's no innuendo anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it, it started to come in through like the, the hip-hop world earlier in that kind of hip-hop pop fusion world. But now it's everywhere. That's the weird thing about it, honestly. How is Proverbs 7, Lady Folly, like the women today? She actually looks pretty modest in comparison to the a lot of what's going on today. Oh, well, yeah. Same tactics, mm-hmm. same wickedness, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's probably in Ours many ways is, worse. Even more over. But the thing is, is it's still shrouded with legitimacy. Yeah. The, that's the thing. Like, musicians are celebrated. OnlyFans creators are celebrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not... You know, as I check my email and such, you get like headline news, mm-hmm. and there's like records set one day f- OnlyFans subscribers oh, and yes. stuff like that. It's like this is headline news as something that's actually the, legitimate from from yeah. a news organization. The Cash Me Outside girl, I remember that yeah. headline. All because yeah. you saw that we all like saw that meme. Cash Me Outside, how about that from the from Doctor Phil. And it's like, oh, look at this woman without a father. Like, she needs a father. That's really sad. And also, it's it's funny because it's so ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's legitimized. I mean, it's yeah. like major news now. She she started an OnlyFans and, like, broke the record in 24 hours. This was a headline. Really? Yeah. On, like, all you, the main websites. You know, there's a there's a, a TikTok channel. I, I see it on YouTube every now and again. I'm into cars. I like cars. Mm-hmm. And and it's a uh, – the guy's name is Daniel Mack, mm-hmm. and he just stops exotic car owners and ask them what they do for a living, yeah. right? And so I, I thought that was it was kind of entertaining. Like, who drives a three hundred thousand dollars plus right. car? And it's like real estate investors and a surprising number of roofers. Hot tip for anybody looking for a side hustle: yeah. roofing. Uh, and then there's like uh, old retired guys, and then OnlyFans creators. Gross. That's what Gross. that's what those people are. Yeah. And, yeah. and but but adding to the legitimacy yeah. is that these people are being celebrated and they're driving. Exotic sports cars. Look what's available to you. Even on the the legitimacy side as well, you think about that old meme about like Republicans in 2050, where they're like, "Of course, I don't believe in trans gay marriage. I only believe, you know, where it's like, I I don't believe in uh, three way transgender marriage. I only believe in trans marriage. I'm a real, uh, you know, old conservative Republican. They're doing the same thing with porn, where it's like now the conversation is even, oh, uh, I'm an ethical porn creator. Mm. Oh, are you? Like you're an ethical. That's like saying I'm an ethical hitman. I mean, it's like yeah. it, there's not a. 
there's not really, but they're carving out a category of legitimacy where they're like, oh, we're not, trafficking's not involved. Everybody's consenting adults. Well, that doesn't make it righteous. There, there was even a, a, a man on social media for a while, I don't know if you guys recall this, he claimed to be a Reformed Christian who made pornography oh, yeah. with his wife. Yeah, I remember that. As what? Christian pornography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, at one point I asked him, because he was selling this book, he was an Anon, he was continually trying to sell his book to people, and I kept hearing rumbles like, this guy's running a pornography ring that he's saying is righteous because it's only married couples involved. And so a couple of, I think Michael Foster did the same thing, yes. like all asking, do you really believe this? Because if you do, like we're going to warn people against you and you're you're a heretic, like you're you're evil and you need to repent. Or this is actually to hell. happening. And he really was. That's crazy. Uh, yet like another, as this becomes culturally mainstreamed, you're going to continue to see this kind of thing, even in the church. Yeah, and again, I just... Something we talked about with conservatism, but this is why it's so important to be Christian and biblical and hold that line. Yeah. Because you'll watch what happens with conservatives is, you know, that that movement has obviously gone down the yeah. drain too, just defending the last liberal victory. Yeah. And I mean, yet another overlap too. Uh, that this, just like in Proverbs 7, this will still cost you your life. Mm-hmm. It's still, I mean, the, the, the consequence is still that drastic even though i mean you look at the culture like whatever percentage of men and whatever percentage of women regularly use pornography just because it's mainstream doesn't mean that proverbs the consequences have changed this is going to cost you your children your marriage your legacy you're going to visit this this sin on your children and their children uh to the third and fourth generation you're going to destroy the world and ultimately you will go to hell because that i mean literally that's what paul says sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of god so th- when you start looking at the numbers and that verse, I mean, it's a weighty thing. Mm. Yeah. So, so, amen, let's bankrupt OnlyFans by having yeah. no, no income going in there. Yeah. But also, so we're talking about daughters. How do we prevent our daughters from yes. becoming attracted to this inglorious woman folly? Supply How, side. The supplies, that's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we could talk about the demand side. On, actually, we will on a different episode, but the the supply side. So, how does this how is this tempting to our daughters? Like, yeah. what are her charms specifically to our daughters? Yes, like where is the temptation for a young yeah. woman? Why would a Christian woman be attracted to this? Because obviously, some of it's money, but but there's so much more to it than that, right? Yeah. It's not just that. Oh, I could have because I think as well. You looked up some of the statistics for this when we were looking at this. The vast majority, like people in mid-level marketing stuff, the vast majority of them don't make that much money. There were like 300 creators that made over 50K a month or something like that. I I, I can't remember the exact, but there's, yeah, thousands and thousands thousands of creators. Yeah, it's it's the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a winner-take-all economy in the the digital world. It applies to this, too. So a lot of these, I mean, again, like we didn't research this by going to the website, just so everyone knows, like just obviously we did not do that. But I'm assuming that a huge number of the young women who are doing this are probably not maybe making 5 10 20 bucks a month i mean or nothing i mean it's just got to be that 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 applies everywhere it's going to apply to this economy as well so there has there there has to be something beyond just i can make money that is tempting to the 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 feminine to go down this road like what mm-hmm. is that yeah i think part of it is Women recognize that it gives them power over men. Um, they have a lot of pull, a lot of sway because of their sexuality. 
And that's one of the things I think even with young daughters, like we have to teach them that that is real. And then, you know, like any, I think about the way we teach our children about firearms, we teach them how to use them properly, Mm -hmm. right? We say they are for specific uses. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's the the aiming. And I think of even little things like little girls want to be seen as pretty and They'll come up to you and you know they'll yeah. they'll say oh flounce they'll just kind of you they'll know, flounce and, hey. and they'll give you the they'll eyes and the, yeah. the hair and, and so, they'll judge oh look at do you see me I'm so beautiful like after church on Sunday the elders are at the front praying with people and there's always a flock some at some point of little girls that are absolutely the most adorable little people on the entire earth coming up and flouncing and. Pastor Burkholder, how are you today? And I colored you this picture. And yes. they're like so flipping adorable. And they want you to know it. Yes. And it's it's a glory. Well, it's yeah. Like, so, yes, you are. So sin corrupts, right? Yeah. And so in in a marriage covenant, uh, a man gets uh his like pleasure from desiring, and a woman is pleased by being desired. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when sin gets in there and disorders everything. And you maximize that. You, that's what you see on, on pornography yeah. is the desire of men across a whole spectrum yeah. of a harem. And then you have a woman whose desire is to be desired by many men yeah. to get to get the clicks, to get yeah. the tips, to get you know all of that that we talked about. So it, that's, that's where sin is really getting into the desires of women. And this is exactly what we should expect. There's a, there's a three-part movement in three texts of Scripture that comes to mind for me on this issue. In Genesis 3... Where does the curse land? And and uh, very explicitly in the Hebrew, it's it's basically your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. And the word is for. Like, what does that mean? Your desire that she'll want that she'll desire him, like in a good way. Well, it's it doesn't really have that connotation in the text. It's the same connotation a chapter later in the second text, Genesis four, where God warns Cain, sin's desire is for you, but you must rule over it. So he's warning her in Genesis 3, part of your desire is that you will want to rule over the man, and and how will she do that? She can't do that by physical strength. Of course not. In the world that God made, men are stronger, men are warlike, women are not. So how will she rule over him? By manipulating his desires and, and taking power where she has it, which is in the fact that she was created to be an object of desire for him. What's glorious, though, is the way we've, we've referenced Song of Solomon— can't remember the exact text in Song of Solomon, where that four is used again, but it's a redeemed four. In Song of Solomon, this great parable that has you know huge implication for Christ and his bride, where now her desire is for him again in Song of Solomon, but it's righteous. It's been restored through Christ. So the, the picture is that the woman, the temptation, the way that the sin lands as a par- parasitically on her femininity is that she loves to be lusted after, and she loves it not just because of the sexual element. Men tend to be consumed by the sexual element. She loves it also by the power dynamic and the control. It puts hooks in men, and you can drag them around. It puts a collar in them, and you can be the ruler now. When I, I think that's, you know, you go back to maybe like Rudy Giuliani and the broken windows. You know, you start with the small things that don't escalate into bigger things. Yeah, And so that's one of the things, fathers, we do for our young daughters is – we teach them modi- modesty, mm-hmm. right? When you see the little girl and the boys are just following her around, mm-hmm. you know, she'll be tempted too at a very early age to want to dress in a certain way to win the attention and all that. 
so mothers and fathers are stepping in to say, no, we're going to dress modestly. We're yeah. going to be modest in our behavior. And speech. And speech. What's interesting to see about this, and this is a hot take. Uh-oh. Okay. This is a soundbite that could be clipped out, and someone could get mad about it online. Okay. But what I'm saying is that the sin of Beth Moore is a parallel sin ecclesiastically to the OnlyFans woman sexually. Because she's sinning outside of the boundaries and attempting to rule where she ought not rule. Mm. Men who, who pastors rule well in the church, they're, they're to rule, there should be men. That's, scriptures are clear. So that instinct there of I'm going to go out of the boundaries of God's righteous fences, and I'm going to attempt to gain power over men, it's, it's a category of sin that's the same category expressed sexually in the pornifying yourself, manipulating men. Uh, through sexual sin. So, I mean, it's, it's the same category. It's just expressed differently. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So so getting really practical then with daughters, Brian is the only one at the table here that has daughters, by the way. We all have sons. What We have to realize, I think this is what the church is saying right now, is that women don't actually sin. Yes. And it's all men's fault. So how do you, how do you approach your daughters then mm-hmm. with that in mind, that yeah. in fact— Women do sin. Yes, it's the same thing. Fathers and pastors and every man in authority, you have to understand the, the grain of male sin and female sin. When, when a man sins, what are the sins he's probably likely to commit? And he could come up with other ones. He could sin in feminine ways too, sure. But mainly, 80, 90% of the time, a man's going to sin in fits of rage. He's going to sin in lust and unrestrained sexuality. He's going to sin in you know these kind of main ways. So what about women? We need to understand, a father has to understand, what temptations are unique to my daughter, in a sense? We have to identify them and then start to see them in seed form when they're little, little. All right? So in full-grown form, my daughter might be tempted to pimp herself out on OnlyFans to gain this power and and be lusted after and all that. What does that look like in seed form? What does it look like in a six-year-old or in a – okay, I need to be able to identify that. One of the things I've noticed in, in my little little ladies who are amazing and beautiful and love them, and, but they're sinners, is that I have to know they're sinners, and I have to see, okay, I just watched my little daughter attempt to provoke her brother into a fight, knowing that her brother is intemperate because he's eight years old. <laughs> and when he explodes, it's going to be a lot louder than the sin she just committed. It's going to be a lot more visible. And what is she trying to do? She's trying to get power over him, get him to sin, provoke him, and then there's a big fireball that mom and dad will come see and punish him and not her. Oh, the man. Little girls do this, man. They, they will provoke their brothers, lie, manipulate. They'll come lie about them, pot, the Potiphar thing. They'll come and they'll tell lies about him and try to get him in trouble. This is just, it's, they're sinners. They need Christ. They need new birth, all that. So fathers have to recognize these tactics in seed form. And you need to discipline them diligently, and then you need to describe to your daughters, okay, your heart is telling you to do this. This is what you're really trying to do here. We need to see how ugly that is. And then, do you want to be like Lady Folly in an age-appropriate way or Lady Wisdom? We want to be like Lady Wisdom. We want you to be a glorious, godly, and let me encourage you. This is the godly, this is the glory of godly femininity. So often, pastors and fathers, I think you guys can agree and maybe expand on this, but so often they don't do that. They will not name sins common to women and actually address them. Yeah, and, and it's really funny, by the way, because one of the themes throughout the way that women sin with Lady Folly and with the examples that you gave of little girls is the ability to manipulate using mm-hmm. their 
their wiles, their wiles. Yeah. Their wiles and their beauty and everything like that is, is that's a common thread is manipulation. We've seen this in counseling before oh, yeah. and, and in other places. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing is making sure that our, our daughters in the right ways, it starts with the father and eventually their husband, but that you are in the proper way affirming them in their, in the right kind of display of beauty. Yes. So, you know, I had this at church on Sunday. One of the little girls came up and said, hi, Pastor Khan. And was just like swishing her dress. And she said, this is my Easter dress. <laughs> and those are the moments where as a father and a pastor, yeah. you say, my dear, you look lovely. What a lovely dress. You look very beautiful. Yes. And and so making sure that they're secure in the love of the right kind of men mm-hmm. is also tremendous yeah. so that they don't have to seek it in the wrong places. Yeah, they're filled up with father love. And not just the fathers literally, but also fathers everywhere. Right. Should, should recognize and praise, um, you know, like when <laughs> God did make uh, fem- the feminine spirit to be praised, just like he made the male spirit to be respected and honored verbally, God created the woman, Eve. What did, what did Adam do immediately? This at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yes, praise. And then he named her like a Chad King. I will call her one. <laughs> Whoa, man. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, man. But, but, but he praised. It's a good thing. Yeah, and I think one of the ditches, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I remember in seminary, a professor had said, you know, never praise your wife's physical beauty because she'll be vain. You should only praise her spiritual qualities. And I remember thinking, well, that's ridiculous. Well, the whole Song of Solomon thing. Watch me, watch me whip. I'm going to go tell my <laughs> wife that she's beautiful right now. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. So, yeah, again, just making sure that we're not Gnostic, we're not pietistic here. Right. But we are praising our it, wives and daughters it, appropriately. It's the same thing that John does when he says, young men, your glory is, is your strength. He, <laughs> there's the apostle. He's like, hey, young men, it, you're strong, and that's good. Good for you. It, we need to do that. You need to fill up. And, uh, but I think as we're doing that, we're, we're helping our daughters see and name their sins. Give it a name. Understand this, is, this feels good now. Do you know what that will do in your soul and in your heart and in your life and in your marriage when you're, when it's, if it's full-grown and you don't kill that sin? It will devastate worlds. Mm. So we need to be honest with our, with our daughters. We need to be honest generally with the sins of women. There's a particular resistance to this culturally where the sins of women are generally, it is a, a blasphemy law. You violate a blasphemy law when you name them. People will come up with all sorts of mental gymnastics to just ignore their eyes, you know, and come up with all sorts of reasons why. Like the classic example of the college professor who asked the class, what, how do men sin? And they were like, oh, they're angry and they're lustful and they're blah, 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 blah. And then he asked the class, well, how do women normally sin? And they were like dead silent for a minute. And then they were like, not enough self-esteem. <laughs> like that was the, you know what? They just don't. They don't think highly enough of themselves. <laughs> That's the air our daughters have been breathing. Yeah. Is that they are perfect, that men are idiots. They're smart. Every movie plot, every television show, every cultural artifact, every song, it's all been telling them. I'm exaggerating, but it's been telling them, basically, you're goddesses. It, think, I mean, even, okay, I know I'm off topic here, but think about the marketing campaigns for fat women. Where they're like, those are my favorite, by the way. Where the models are all fat, and you're like, they're modeling all the clothes, and, and they're all like 300 pounds, literal vampire pot-bellied goblins, and all, and everybody is like, slay queen, you're beautiful, 
And I saw a comedian the other day, and he was like, doctors are going to have a hard time, like, explaining the dangers of obesity to women. Like, how are they going to do it? They're going to have to say, like, girl, you need to lose 30% of your slay queen. (laughs) (laughs) So think about that. Like, we've been been telling them that they're perfect, that they're sinless, that there's nothing—they're glorious, and men are idiots, and— you even that's see- going to take root in the female heart at some point and bear really bad fruit. You even see this uh, in the SPC world with Rachel Denhollander mm-hmm. and shifting the narrative from like David and Bathsheba. You read yeah. the old commentaries. A lot of commentators put obvious weight on Bathsheba too for bathing being, on a rooftop. Yeah, being complicit yeah. in the sin. Well, now it's you know David's a rapist. Yeah, there a lot of old commentary will say like, well, it seems as if. Through the story arc, Bathsheba is a is a savvy political operator. You see the way she works through her whole story arc. And then it's like the text just simply doesn't give us certain details of the thing, but it's a perfectly plausible scenario knowing the state of me- of human sinfulness. Her to, son does end up being king. Yeah. Oh, and she makes sure of it. Yeah. So we look at that through the lens of this slay queen culture, we'll call it, OnlyFans slay queen culture. And... Like, rule number one, thou shalt not say women sin. Rule number two, see rule number one. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think we'll look at this uh, in part two, correct, but we'll look at some examples of preaching mm-hmm. and how it's always go hard at the men. Yeah. You women, you delicate flower. And women's sins, it's the men's fault. <laughs> yeah, even when the women sin, it's like all the men's fault. But, honey, it was the man's fault. Yeah, I know you did, Ralph. Ra- or uh, it's like the, the, the Parks and Rec, Rec daughter. She's like, I've never done anything wrong. And he's like, I know this, and I, I love this. you. And she's like the worst <laughs> human being who's ever lived. I know this, and I love you. Here's money, please. You know, it's, it's that, but that's yes. like an exaggeration, a caricature, but it's a caricature of something real yeah. in our world today. Yeah, so, so Lady Folly is going to be attractive to our daughters. Yeah. They will try to steal our daughters and mold her into her own, own image. Yeah. And so, to summarize, we must train our daughters to hate Lady Folly. To mock her. Yes. But there's another woman. But there was another woman. (laughs) I don't know, Lord of the Rings. Anyway. One they must be taught to love and embrace. Her name is... But another ring was (laughs) me. I'm sorry. Her name is Lady Wisdom. And uh, we meet her in the next section of Proverbs, so I'm going to read Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call... Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand, and beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals she cries aloud, To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight 
I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possesses me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth, when there were no depths I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of men. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. So that's a reading of Proverbs 8 of Lady Wisdom. And obviously, when we're looking at these archetypes of women, you have a more direct comparison with Lady Folly than you do with Lady Wisdom because she is this, you know, both are women. Right. But one is personified in this idea of wisdom, something that's diligent, that you diligently seek, and it's more precious than gold and jewels. But both, I find, are really interesting that are set up as women, mm-hmm. something that men, you know, desire. Solomon knows his audience. Yes, he does. Young men. He was a wise guy. Yeah. A wise guy. Oh. It's also interesting because Lady Wisdom is the, you know, perfect example of order as against chaos, she's building up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about God ordering the world in the magnificent display of power and creating beauty, but in order. Mm-hmm. And then really Sheol, the picture of chaos yeah, um, and where sin leads. Yeah, so, gnashing of teeth. Right? It's also interesting, though, that Solomon doesn't say, you know, you can read chapter 5 is a good example. He doesn't turn into a prude and say, listen, boys, beauty sucks, be an ascetic, no, he says there is a right kind of beauty, and you mm-hmm. should long for it and yep. love it and nurture it. Be intoxicated in it. Yeah, Proverbs five eighteen. Be intoxic. Be, literally, be drunk with your wife's breasts. Amen. Amen. Ben friend. Garrett, no mic, but he's amening over there so <laughs> hard. He was heard. He was heard on the <laughs> mic. I'm sure. Let, but let's be honest here. Amen. Amen. You know what else I love about Lady Wisdom, Eric and Dan? Tell me. And Ben. I suppose, but mainly Eric and Dan. <laughs> what I love about it is that she is 100% willing to name fools as foolish. Interesting. She's like, you're not not allowed to notice. 
Some people make this mistake where they think, I think fathers make this mistake, parents can make this mistake, pastors can make this mistake, where they're not willing to just tell their kids, you know that family member in our family who like every time they are there at a family function, it sucks? This is why, son. This is why. You know the, the, the guy who's, you know, over there begging for food or, you know, the I mean, you can go down and, and notice archetypal pictures of wisdom and foolishness in the world. And uh, Lady Wisdom has no problem calling uh, a fool a fool. No, no, it says right here, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Mm. Which, which is why when we talked earlier about the the quote, air quotes Christian reform Christian uh, ethical pornography content oh, yeah. producer yeah. Yeah. is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's it's because of this. You're like <laughs> yeah. No wisdom says I hate that. We I were, hate it. I was talking with some some folks some Christians on on Facebook or Twitter or something about. Psalm settings and how like a lot of modern psalm settings are not actually settings of the psalm. They're just like very loose paraphrases. One of the things you'll notice about these fake settings of psalms is that the thing they will always remove from the psalm is the the most sharp portions. Like Psalm 139. Oh, man, the end. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) do I not hate them with perfect hatred? God, I hate them with perfect hatred. (laughs) I count them as my enemies. Like the psalmist is asking God to notice how good he is at hating people. Not just things either, not just the sin. He's like, God, notice how good I am, not just at hating the sin, yeah. but the sinner. Do I not hate those? And who then hate he just you? flexes. <laughs> and, you know, the Chad meme, just like, yes. I mean, it's so they always take that out. It's the same instinct. It's the mm, instinct mm-hmm. of saying, well, we're really nice and we're really like, we're, we're very kind and reason. Paul said to let your reasonableness be known to all people. So who are we really to say that transgender story hour? I mean, that's a fruit. It's a it's a gift of democracy. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Expression of hatred. I also think when you're talking about sons, like obviously they should see this in their mother. Daughters should see it in their mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying sons as sons and daughters here. Yeah. It, it it reminds me of something Toby said recently at a conference. Toby Sumter talking about parenting. He said the goal of the parenting is not just that they would follow the rules but they would love what is beautiful yes, and they would hate what is evil. And so this is something also we cultivated our homes by, again, mothers displaying what is lovely and good and Mm -hmm. the thing to love in the aims that our daughters would follow after that in both the love and the hate. Mm -hmm. One thing this requires, Lady Wisdom does this again, is you're holding like the Overton window thing. You're holding the Overton window firmly from being moved by pagan erosions and paganism where it's they're always trying to pull that window so well what does it really mean to be a beautiful woman well it's self-empowered you have the power you're you you don't answer to any man no one rules over you you are your it's basically you could be as god that's that's where they're ultimately pulling the overton window in sexuality and everything else and and our duty is to help our children actually keep that fixed in place by not just identifying, but making mockery of their strategies, making mockery of them. And, and, and that really, I think, some people are, are sensitive to that, and they, they understand rightly that, like, okay, I'm trying to raise my daughters to have a gentle and quiet spirit and things like that. I don't want them to be the equivalent of, like, shock jock. No, but as a father, I had better hold the line for them. 
I had better be willing to say, that's Lady Folly, that's Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom is beautiful and glorious. Her path, her feet lead to life. Imitate her. Don't go that way, though, because that's only death and, and disgusting, and it's, it's corruption. So I, I think Lady Wisdom does teach us that we really have to be willing to say evil is evil, it's disgusting, it's gross, don't go there, this is what's beautiful, follow me. One, one of the themes that I've noticed, by the way, in, in Proverbs 8, is that what accompanies wisdom, Lady Wisdom, mm-hmm. is obviously she says, like, my I, wisdom is more valuable than gold, even fine gold, and more precious than jewels. But later it says, riches and honor are with me, mm-hmm. enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, my yield uh, uh, than choice silver, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Mm. Obviously, there's there's more going on than just like uh, filling treasuries with with wealth. Yeah. But but what's really interesting is this is actually true. We see in Proverbs 31 as well. Yep. Because you have this this woman who personifies Lady Wisdom, and I mean you can tell from the text she's actually wealthy. Well, how does that actually work? And one of the things that people have noticed, by the way, just looking in at Ogden, is that we're busy. Mm-hmm. We have a lot going on. I know yeah. that people say that about Brian a lot. Like, you know, you're doing your your pastor. You've got six kids. You've got uh, your music. You've got a bunch of podcasts you're doing. And people are like, how do you even sleep at night? Like, where, where do you do you have time for that? You know, to, mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And uh, one of the reasons that we're all able to be as high capacity as we are is because we have wives at home that mm-hmm. are that Proverbs 31 woman yes. that it personifies Lady Wisdom, who, uh, because she's diligent in her house, she is diligent in training children. She yes. seeks for wisdom, and that she is able to be uh, high capacity in the house. I know that my my six is covered. Yes. Like I know that my house is going to be taken care of. I know my children are going to be taken care of. Mm. It allows me to go out and work diligently in my sphere yeah. and to take dominion in my my arenas that God has given me in order to work in. And what that what is it I mean, the Proverbs are full of statements that are essentially like, you know, wealth is laid up for the diligent, yeah. you know, is essentially what it says. Mm. And so it really does allow you to fill up the storehouses yeah. well, that, with wealth, but also an inheritance because mm-hmm. your children are also covered by a wise and diligent woman that they have as an example. Yeah. Yeah. And you think even in the Proverbs, the warnings against adultery are that it will financially ruin your home. It will destroy you. So even think about the OnlyFans mom in the beginning. It sounds like either not married or divorced, something like that. But think about the high cost of divorce. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, you commit adultery. I mean, legitimately in today's society, it will financially ruin you. Yeah. To quote the Tiger King, I will never financially recover. <laughs> you, well, you and need, the thing is, yeah. you don't. You really no, don't. You don't. You can't build wealth that way. You need to see, and our daughters need to see, the end of these two women where, you know, when you're 20, when your daughter's 18, 19, 20, 25, whatever it is, she's young, she's beautiful. She, I mean, everything is like, wow, everybody desires my beauty. Well, women need to see that mature masculinity and femininity are both glorious the whole way through and the glory matures and develops and it's different 
where you know the the OnlyFans woman is trying to cling to this one period of her life forever, and will do that surgically and whatever it is to just stay there in this area of peak sexual desirability. But what happens is that these women, when they buy the lie of chemical barrenness through birth control and abortion, uh, when they buy the lie of I don't need a man to provide for me, I will build my own house, and they, they put their eggs in this basket, first of all, most of them don't make that much money. But even if you succeed in that, let's say, what are you going to get? You're going to be an old, bitter woman who is utterly alone. You will not have children. You will not have a husband who loves you. You'll not be able to look down on your generations. And Lady Wisdom is saying, look, follow me, and you will have the glory of the 18, 20, 22, 25-year-old woman. You'll have that glory of peak sexual uh, fruitfulness and fertility and sexual beauty, and it will go to the right end will be poured into the, the purposes of life and the lovemaking with your husband, and you will be delighted in. He will love you, and he will be intoxicated in your love. You'll have children. And, and then th things will grow and mature like wine. You'll have your children will grow. Hopefully they grow up. They'll be adults. They'll have children. You'll have grandchildren. And you'll be able to lay down on your deathbed with your people gathered around you singing psalms and knowing that you're going to your father and his house and that your children are going to continue bearing your name and legacy on down through the the eons. It's like one of those things is only death the whole way through. And the other one, even though it's hard, and it is a kind of death, you have to give yourself up and give away your even your body and, and having children. It's, it's difficult. Like my wife right now is very pregnant, and it's like painful and a lot of insomnia. It's like, is it giving away? But the thing is, she's not giving it away for the sake of death, she's giving it away because there's life and there's glory and there's beauty and there's satisfaction. So that when you stand these two women up next to each other, there's a charm, but it's paper thin and it, it, it blows away in the wind. But the, the charm of Lady Wisdom, it's enduring. Yeah. Trying to hold on to that that peak period of sexual desirability. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw a picture of Madonna the other day. Oh, my word. She looks like Shrek. She does. She looks like a literally like Shrek. version of yeah. Shrek. If you took Shrek like into a Photoshop yeah. and you just made, <laughs> made the it green <laughs> into like a plastic version of a white person, that's what she looks yeah. like. Well, yeah. this is actually not new. Uh, Brian, as you were talking about that, I was thinking of Proverbs 31, verse 30. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm -hmm. So really you have this picture of... Yeah, I think of like a woman's peak sexual years actually are not that long compared to her life. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, can feel a little bit like a the lifespan of an NFL running back is like three years. You have three years a peak or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then you have to be prepared. What happens next? You know, what happens next? And, and the whole point, right, in, in the situation of the godly woman, she's going to grow old with her husband. He's yeah. going to continue to take care of her. Um, he, she's going to earn, as you said, more and more glory for being a grandmother and mm -hmm. a wise, you know, a wise a crown. mother in her her home, all those things. Proverbs thirty one thirty one says she will be praised in the city gates. Yes, she'll be a noble woman. Mm -hmm. You do not get that if you're an OnlyFans woman. No, you don't. You get the cheap praise of worthless men, rather than the costly and valuable praise of of the godly and the saints. So, I mean, for us to help our daughters. It really, it really does come back to the issue of seeing. We have to to help them see correctly, because the the charm of sin, it is a veneer. We have to teach our children, our daughters, to see through the veneer and see the rottenness inside, and see the and, and think about things in terms of the ends of those things. 
It's the same way that you train a young man in financial wisdom. It's like, oh, you want to spend all your, like my eight-year-old, you want to spend all your money right now on all the Tic Tacs you can buy. Well, this is a lowercase lesson, but it's going to be bad for you when you really want something meaningful and you all you have are Tic Tacs, it's empty like, Tic Tac containers. It's always something just ridiculous, too. Tic Tacs. Why, why? why Tic Tacs? There's so much better candy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. My kids, they're always... So my, my grandmother, actually, um, Grandma Sarah on my dad's side, she gave my kids on that lesson just such a good little... She was like, hey, do you guys want CPJ or do you want to have, you know, be wise with your money? And they're like, CPJ? She was like, yeah, cheap cheap plastic junk. CPJ. So now they always tell it, they catechize each other with her catechism. Like, you're about to, hey, you're about to buy some CPJ there, my brother. And uh, they still do it because they're like seven, eight, nine. But, you know, <laughs> the, the lesson there is important. We need to do the same thing for our, our daughters where it's like, look, I know that has an allure, but you need, it, you need to see, see the end of it. See the end, yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that, that's going to be it for this first episode. This is going to be a part one. Part two, what we'll be talking about is practical application. Yeah. Like more practical application. So we'll be talking about what fathers need to do. Uh, who are the voices speaking to your to your daughters to, to catechize them and to disciple them? Churches and pastors, some of the dangers of the mainstream Big Eva teaching to women. And so... Uh, f- that's it for this episode of the King's Hall. How do you guys usually end this thing? Winsomely. Eric usually looks at me and uh-huh. mispronounces Latin words until I wicked, just jump in. Wicked, 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 you see, wink it. <laughs> that actually yeah, sounded like Ryan you were will, a DJ. <laughs> Ryan will usually say something like, you know, be sure to check out the new Chris and Impress website. You can sign up for a conference June 8th through 10th. And you know what? So true. Until next time, Brian, winky, queasy, winky. I think what my colleague <laughs> Eric Khan is trying to say is fest and alente. That's what I which said. Which is make haste slowly, listeners. Point your point your prow for the new Jerusalem and Jerusalem shores, and the Lord will see us faithfully there in the end. We'll see you next time on the King's Hall.